Hey, what's up? I'm Anthony. And I'm Dan. And we are J&J Missions, spreading the gospel by all means, one soul at a time. We give live talks, we make YouTube videos, and you can find us all over social media. And as you probably figured, we have a podcast. Whether we're giving spiritual tips, deliberating about current events, or talking saints and devotionals, we want to bring the Catholic faith to you in a totally orthodox, yet relatable, down-to-earth way. If you want to support us, head over to our website, www.jmjmissions.com. Hello, this is the JMJ Missions Podcast. I am Dan Palmieri, and today I am not your host. I'm going to turn it over for our little change-up, our host, Anthony McCullough. I'll be color commentating, or doing my best to color commentate because I sometimes have trouble um, not talking. (laughs) I was going to say kind of like now, but I didn't want it to sound mean. So yeah, I'm going to be the host today. It's been a while since I hosted. We used to take turns hosting. Rocco would do one, and then me, and then Dan. But we kind of got away from that because we noticed Dan is good at leading, and I'm also good at color commentating, and I don't mind color commentating. Very humble quality. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, But here we are, and I'm going to lead this one. Uh, So today's topic, it's just going to be good old-fashioned story time. So get cozy, grab some hot chocolate, sit by a fireplace if you want. Uh, You're probably driving, so don't sit by a fireplace. (laughs) We're just going to tell you stories about the faith, uh, things that we've experienced. Maybe they could be... Cool times, stories. Yeah. Kind of times that we felt answered prayers. Uh, it's not really going to be saint stories or anything. Not really till the end. It's just going to be stuff that's happened to us. So, yeah. Honestly, I keep thinking, you know, like the book of Genesis, that's a story. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe there's some physical parts about it. It's kind of open-ended how much you want to believe. But God knows that we are wired for stories. That's why the Bible's made up of stories. Many of them actually probably more true than we want to believe, actually, than scholars say. But God knows us. He knows we want story. He knows that stories go a long way for us, teach us so what better than to share the coolest things or some of the coolest things that have happened to us and the lessons that come from it. Right. And I, as a teacher, I always notice that my students learn best from stories, both my own personal and stories from the saints and Very from the true. gospels too. Uh, but before we do that, we have our stuff in the world. And today's date while we're recording is January 4th. And it's always a time for New Year's resolutions. I think this is being released on the 11th though. Uh, so the question is not really like, what's your resolution? Although I might ask you that. But the real question is, are New Year's resolutions dumb? Is there, <laughs> is there a point to them at all? I think there's a point to them. But what was the stat? It's like 90% of people by the time February 1st rolls around have given up on their New Year's resolution. Yeah, and I'm so, I would think it's even <laughs> earlier than that I, if I had to guess. <laughs> For me, it's probably like January 3rd. <laughs> yeah. So what's yours this year? So, okay, I put a really high bar. So I don't know if this is good. <laughs> maybe a little too high for myself, but my my spiritual New Year's resolution is to try to obey the Holy Spirit like literally every second, like every second, try to do God's will and like obey what I feel in my heart. Um, that's a high bar. In fact, you know what I'll say? That's in a human sense, pretty much a virtually impossible bar because no one's perfect and we all have our weaknesses and frailties and we're in this human condition. But Jesus said, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And what he means is try, do your best, don't make any excuses, and then let him take the rest, pick up the pieces. So I'm going to try to do that. Uh, not a little better than I thought I'm doing so far, but um, it's like, what, three days? Four days. Four days. So I I, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself at all because it's a really <laughs> a right. really lofty goal. So you know what? I'm assuming in my human weakness, I've already messed up many times and probably will continue to mess up. So I'm going to just try. That's what I'm going to do. And I think as long as you listen to that, especially on big stuff, like sometimes it's clear, like when to listen to our conscience or when yeah. to listen to the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. I think as long as you're doing that, 
I yeah. think it's good. And a lot of it's just like, you know, my family being there for the kids. They're tiring. You know, I have a year and a half old and a four-month-old. I don't know if you can hear them screaming in the background now because my son, I just heard him screaming. Um, so like a lot of it's just like, you know, if I'm really tired and I know one of them screaming and my wife's busy just like, you know, picking up the slack and even if it's been a long day of work, just rocking my daughter to sleep or mm-hmm. something like that. I think a lot of it's just common sense, but you know, for being so simple, the faith is tough. It's tough to do God's will like every minute. That's like really tough. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good goal to have and let's just all do our best in that, you know? Right. So you're going to ask me mine or no? Oh shoot. Yeah. What's yours? Uh, mine is interesting. Not really interesting. Interesting to me at least. Uh, over the summer, my dad sold the house that I grew up in. So I had to kind of take in a lot of the stuff that I used to keep there. So my living space got a little unorganized because of that. So I just really want to organize and compartmentalize my life, especially my living space, like my room. So that's my goal is like to do just it. keep it clean and keep, it, keep it clean and just like put stuff where it's supposed to go and there like go. figure out what to do with certain things. Like I have things that I'm nostalgic about, like my Game Boy from when I was seven. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not playing Game Boy anymore. So like, I don't know what to do with it. So it's like, Stuff like that I have to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel weird about nostalgic things, too. It's hard to, like, you don't want to let go of them. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, okay, like, it's sentimental. Like, it's on, on one hand, like, are you being grateful for having that and keeping mm-hmm. it around? Like, grateful for, like, the, the good times your Game Boy gave you when you were an innocent kid? Or are you just being too attached to a material thing? Right, and I think another thing is, like, I'm thinking, like, if I ever have a kid or a son one day, like, I would love to give that to him. But, oh, like, so cool. I'm not even dating anyone. So that's, like... <laughs> Yeah, but you never know. So that's like that's far off. But I see. I think you check the box for a good reason to hold on to it. Yeah, you know, I I I would say that that's right. A good but in the meantime, it's taking up space. Mm-hmm. It- so, what do you think, listeners? Are New Year's resolutions dumb? I mean, if people are never going to follow through with them, is it just like us talking ourselves up? You know, hopelessly. I don't know. I guess for those that actually do really follow through, especially if it's a good thing, like keeping your room organized, like a spiritual goal for yourself. For some reason, everyone, it's always a physical goal, like working out and stuff like that. I mean, I get it, but like your soul is more important. So I would recommend, you know, spiritual goals. I guess if you follow through and you do your best throughout the year and you actually remember it, like in August, (laughs) good for you. I guess it's not so dumb. Yeah. And they're always geared towards self-improvement. So the desire to improve yourself is always good. Yeah. And I always, Mm -hmm. like, I always was a little bothered by the whole new year, new me slogan because everyone said it. But you know what? It actually is really nicely true. Mm -hmm. I mean, God's mercy is so big. His mercy is new every single day. What's that song? His mercy is new every morning. Yeah. You know, it might be a psalm or something. So, I mean, that applies to our year, too. Every new year, it's a new you. It's a new chance for the Lord to take on your sins, for you to improve spiritually, be the saints we're made to be. So, um, yep. yeah, let's just forge ahead. And new podcast, new me. New podcast, new me. Juicier juicier topics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least right. for season three. So mm-hmm. let's keep that one going, too. All right. Let's take a break, and we'll come back with some stories. All right, so in this part of the podcast, we're just going to tell some cool stories and maybe some lessons of what God wanted us to learn and maybe what you as a listener can learn from it as well. So I'll go first, actually. And my first one kind of has to do with your New Year's resolution that you mentioned, uh, which was listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. There was one day I was really hungry. This was maybe like probably 10 years ago. It was maybe like 2012, 2013. Really hungry, and I wanted to go get pizza at this pizza shop near our house. And the place is called Antonio's. Really close. We mentioned Antonio's in the previous podcast. Oh, really? I don't even remember (laughs) saying that. Maybe two podcasts ago. And I was starving. It was one of those days where I hadn't eaten much. And I just really needed something in my stomach. 
So I had a buffalo chicken pizza set in my mind. Like, that's what I was going to get. I love buffalo chicken pizza. Yeah, same. So I went into my garage to get my shoes, and I sat down to put on my shoes. And I got one shoe on, and then on my heart, uh, I had this prompting from the Holy Spirit to text a friend. Uh, I'm going to change the name of the friend just to, like, keep things confidential. Uh, Let's call the friend uh, Jeremy. So I said, on my heart, it said, text Jeremy really strongly and i hadn't talked to jeremy all day maybe in a couple of days and it just said text jeremy and i was like no i'm hungry so i started putting on my other shoe and i'm putting on my other shoe and again it says on my heart text jeremy so i was i said fine so i grabbed my phone i texted him and i said hey uh what are you up to is everything okay like that's all i said send that text and then i like go towards my car to drive towards the pizza shop uh he reaches back out to me and he says anthony i'm so glad you texted me uh, everything is not okay. Said my brother just locked himself in his room. Uh, he's having suicidal thoughts. We can't get him to come out, and uh, he might take his own life. Uh, so please pray for him right now. Wow. And I said okay. Uh, so as I was driving is when I got that text, and I got closer. The pizza shop is actually right across the street from the church. So I really wanted to go get the pizza, but I knew that there was an adoration chapel in the church basement. So I was like, let me just pause on the pizza for a little bit, and I went into the adoration chapel. Uh, when I go down there, I'm just expecting it to just be me. And then I get down there, and there's two of my other friends that uh, I'm not really like best friends with them, but two people that I knew, and they were friends of mine. And they were in the middle of a rosary in the Adoration Chapel. So I jumped in about halfway through. I was, they were on like the second decade. So we get to the third decade, and they're like, Anthony, do you have anything that you want to pray for? So I said, yeah, uh, pray for us. I didn't want to give them the details. So I said, pray for a special intention for Jeremy. Like, that's all I have. Just left it at that. Uh, so then we finished the rosary, uh, and then that took about maybe another 12 minutes. And so by that time, I finish, and um, I walk over to the pizza shop, and I text them again. And I said, hey, is everything okay? And he said, Anthony, thank you so much for the prayers. He said, my brother came out of his room. Uh, he's feeling much better, and he just made an appointment to talk to our pastor, and he wants to go to confession. Wow. Now, I'm not saying it's just because of my prayers, but if I didn't listen to that prompting, I wouldn't have prayed for him, nor would the my other two friends in the Adoration Chapel. Mm-hmm. So I think those prayers in the chapel are, like, amplified because oh, the Eucharist is there. Yep. So, like, if, again, if I would have ignored that prompting, I'm not saying that his brother would have, you know, done what he was thinking of doing. But, I mean, it, us praying for him definitely didn't hurt. Oh, it has, certainly yeah. doesn't hurt. And, be, and with how real prayer is, I am sure it did something. It yeah. had to have done something. And also the fact that you even texted him, mm-hmm. like that that went a long way because that might have comforted Jeremy too, right? To have that text, like he like he you know, that might have been like a really great sign for him that you know, the Holy Spirit knows what's going on. How could you have known? And you just texted him that maybe something was wrong. You know what I mean? So comforting for Jeremy as well. You right. see all the ins and outs. That's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's funny because I know the name isn't Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know who you're talking about yeah. too. So. <laughs> um, so what do you think the lesson is there? I think the lesson is when you get a prompting on your heart that you got to listen to it, especially if it's for a good thing, mm-hmm. like a prompting towards a bad thing. Like that's just a temptation. That's not from God. But if it's something that is good, that has something good attached to it, then listen to it. Trust yep. your gut, trust the Holy Spirit and just do what it says. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Servant of God, Maria Esperanza said that God loves surprising us. And I think that's really amazing because it keeps us humble. It's not like we just conjure up these intentions in our mind and we just do stuff that we feel like doing, you know, and say, oh, it's God's will. Now, if you have any good intention and it doesn't go against church teaching, sure, do it. But it's even more special in those moments where, like, you feel something suddenly, even surprising, and then you obey it. 
And the hardest thing is to obey it because, number one, you might have something else you want to do in that moment, like, like get the, the buffalo pizza. chicken yeah, pizza. Yeah, starving. Yeah. <laughs> and number two, it might just be so sudden and odd. Like, what the heck? Text Jeremy. Like, that makes right. no sense at all. But you know what? If you get a sudden prompting like that. Now, if you're getting, quote, unquote, promptings all the time and they never mean anything. Yeah, then maybe it's not from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> maybe it's you yeah. <laughs> overthinking. But in those moments where it's just so strong and it's not a bad desire and it's even, you know it's not coming from you because why would you do that? Yeah, that really could be from the Holy Spirit. And thank God that you, literally, thank God yeah. that you responded to it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great lesson to respond to those promptings. My story, on the other hand, if yours is about like listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, my story is actually about how the Holy Spirit hears us, how God actually does hear our prayers. A really interesting thing that happened to me on a trip to Batania in Venezuela. Uh, Batania is the apparition site where the Blessed Mother Mary appeared in 1984 to Maria Esperanza, uh, who I just mentioned, and um, like a couple hundred other people. Uh, an approved apparition site uh, that the bishop, local bishop approved in 1987, actually the fastest ever approved apparition in church history. Um, now, what happened was we were on a trip there, and as, you, as uh, some of our viewers know, we are um, pretty close with the family of Maria Esperanza. They had a big hand in our conversion. Uh, so we were on a group pilgrimage, Aunt, you were there. We were all standing at the grotto uh, with the statue of Our Lady where the Blessed Mother really did appear in that um, approved apparition. And we're just sitting there talking, and uh, Maria Esperanza's daughter gets up, and she says, you know, it's really nice you guys are here. Um, What you should do, and she said you should pray for all of your family members who couldn't come here to Venezuela back in New Jersey. Pray for them that they will receive the same graces you're getting by being here because we're all getting so many graces from Our Lady um, well, from Jesus, through Our Lady, from being here. So pray that your relatives will receive the same graces that you get, um, and maybe they will. So I took it really seriously on that, and uh, that night I came back to the grotto. I said the hardest prayer. I said probably in maybe years, like with all of my heart, I said to the Blessed Mother, I said, um, you know, Mom, please uh, take all these graces that I'm feeling. I felt great, you know, on this trip. I said, I'm feeling great on this trip. Please take all these graces of feeling so close to God and allow my family, my brother, my sister, my other younger brother, and my parents to feel all that back at home because I know they couldn't make it. And I was probably there for 20 minutes really praying, like on my knees, you know. Um, Not that like I don't pray with confidence at other times, but like I was saying, we're all flawed and it's hard to pray with confidence like every time you pray. So I prayed really hard. Now, a couple days later was the most emotional uh, most grace-filled, I should say, moment I had on that trip. We visited the house that Maria Esperanza actually lived in, and everything was decorated before she passed exactly as she left it. So it was just a very, really awesome place to be. You know, I am looking at all these decorations. The, the family of Maria Esperanza is singing. Our whole church group is singing and dancing and praying and speaking. And I felt so much love, and I felt so close to, the, to Maria Esperanza, to Our Lady, and to the Lord that I, I mean, I'm really embarrassed to say it, as everyone reminded me on Facebook as somebody snapped a picture and posted it and I wasn't aware of this, I cried my eyes out. <laughs> I never saw this picture. Oh my gosh, it's a famous picture. I was literally holding onto a pillow, like receiving all these graces, like crying tears of joy, like thanking God for like feeling, for doing this for me, you know, on that trip and allowing me to feel that way. Um, yeah, so that's, that keeps me humble because that was, <laughs> um, I never heard the end of that for about three years <laughs> from everybody. So that was the closest. Now, I, I think that was a Friday night, and I'm guessing, let's just say for the sake of the story, it was like from 6.30 to maybe 8 o'clock p.m. that I felt this way, right? All these graces swarming into my soul. Well, I get home a couple days later. 
my dad comes up to me and he says, hey, uh, how was your trip? I said, oh, dad, it was great. Thanks for asking, you know. And he goes, you know, the weirdest thing happened to me. I said, what? He goes, out of nowhere, while you were on that trip, I just felt insanely close to God. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I don't know, but just suddenly, I just felt so close to God and so close to our family and just happy, and everyone in the family felt it. In fact, uh, Kyle's my brother's name. He goes, Kyle felt it too. And I was like, what? And Kyle was like in the room. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I felt really close to God too. Me and Dad were both like, what the heck's going on? We feel so close to God. <laughs> and I was like, what? He goes, yeah, he goes, I, feel so st- I felt so strongly about this that I actually texted myself to remind me of this moment. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, I hear I have the text here now. He showed me the text and apparently, yes, I don't know if you still can, but at that time you could text yourself. You still can. You still can text yeah. yourself. Okay. So he opens his phone up. He shows me his phone and it, I swear the text literally said, I, th- I think word for word, this line, I feel a tremendous amount of grace being bestowed upon my family right now. I feel a tremendous amount of grace being bestowed upon my family right now. And, like, my dad doesn't say things like that all the time. You know, he's a spiritual guy, but he doesn't just, like, randomly say stuff like that. Like, ever, right? I look at the time. It was Friday night, probably right around 7 o'clock. The exact same time. The exact same day and time that I felt closest to God, my dad texted himself saying, I feel a tremendous amount of grace being bestowed upon my family. I never told them that that's what the daughter of Maria Bronza said we should do is pray that they receive the same graces back in New Jersey that we feel on the trip. And you were about over you were 2000 miles away from your home. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the our lady absolutely heard that prayer and absolutely transferred those graces to my family. Uh, there's no explanation same time. Like my dad's never said anything like that to me. Yeah. So when you pray with your heart, especially like if you're on a pilgrimage or if you go to mass, you know what I'm thinking all the people that we think of when we receive the Eucharist at mass, like if you pray with all your heart that God gives those communion graces to those people you're thinking about, he absolutely will, especially if you ask for Mary's help. I mean, Jesus finds it really hard to say no to his mom. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So that I think the lesson there is God absolutely hears your prayers and he can transfer graces. And I think also the power of Our Lady. Yeah. Her intercession. Cool. And tied to that, I have another story about Patanya too. This one is kind of with divine providence. Uh, Dan, as you said, those trips, we got so many graces, not only for ourselves, but for our families too. And we went to Venezuela a lot in 2010, 2011, and 2012. And that was the exact time that I was living away at college. I went to Rutgers University, and I literally was like the stereotypical poor college student. I didn't have any money. I wasn't working while I was a student, so I had nothing in the bank. I didn't have any cash in my pocket. Um, you know, if, if I wanted food, I was eating ramen. Like, like I was very... <laughs> that is very stereotypical college. And, and it's true. Like, it was legit. Um, so these trips would roll around, and I went away to school, and Rocco and Dan stayed local, so they didn't have to pay rent and stuff like that so they were and they were able to work too so like they had a little bit of money especially as much as you can have as like a 20 or a 21 year old and you had a lot of college debt and i yeah uh, which i just finished by the way um yeah thank you uh so i didn't have money to go on the trip and i could so i couldn't go so like the deadline for the cash it was fifteen hundred dollars and keep in mind this was 10 years ago so inflation that's probably like what like three thousand today maybe more yeah it's probably yeah yeah, at least like 50 percent more Uh uh-huh yeah so more right so anyway, I didn't have the money. So $1,500 was due, and it's about two weeks away, and I'm, there's no way that I'm scraping up 1500 bucks. And so I emailed uh, one of the daughters of Rance just to ask for her advice. And she said, just trust in divine providence. Like, if God wants you there, you'll get there. And I, at the time, I was kind of like, oh, like, gee, thanks. 
Like I wasn't, I wasn't asking her for money. Like, you know, I didn't say like, Hey, give me my, like that would have been weird. But I was, I was trust, asking. Trust in God is like the worst advice you could hear from somebody. Cause it's yeah. like, it's so true and you can't argue with it, but it's like, come on. Right. <laughs> Especially because I wasn't that deep into my faith. Like I didn't know what that meant. Right. Like I didn't know how to do that. Uh, so anyway, it's a couple weeks away. I really wanted to go into Venezuela for the second time because the first time is where I really found my faith and the day is getting closer and closer. So I said a prayer for like, Scott, if you want me there, you're going to let me get there. So I went home to my mom and dad's house one of the weekends just to go home and like, you know, have them do laundry and cook for me. <laughs> uh, and I opened up the mailbox and inside the mailbox, there was a check that had my name on it. And it said to Anthony McCullough, it was $1,500, one, actually $1,550. And it was from my student loan company. Wow. But it was in the middle of the semester. Like, you know, like all, everything was already paid up. I was at school. There was not, no other bills floating around. So like I was like, why do I have this check? Uh, so I called up the company and I said, you guys sent me $1,550. And they literally said, oh, that was a mistake. They said, you can send it back to us right now with no problem, or you can just keep it and we'll tack it on to the end of your bill when you're done. So I said, oh, I'll keep it. And you can add it, you can put it on my tab. <laughs> and 1500 was, was exactly was what you needed. Plus $50. Wow. Which I used in like the airport. Wow. So anyway, I, I bought the ticket. I was able to go to Venezuela because of this, uh, this check that I got it was almost like free money. Right. It wasn't free money because later I had to pay it back. But at the time, like giving God giving it to me then, it was like it was free. That's so, amazing. And then I went on the trip and then I got even deeper in my faith. And now I'm a religion teacher. Yeah, you're right. So those those trips were monumental. Yeah, they were. Us. And I think God knew that I needed to be there. And so he made it happen. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. And the oh, like the exact amount These, plus a plus little $50. $50 so I got myself a, a burrito in the airport. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny? I'm watching The Chosen so much and seeing Jesus' human fun personality. Like I totally see Jesus. God, what how, would whoever tr- member of the tr- person of the Trinity is responsible for this? Probably all three. Yeah, uh, like tipping you fifty bucks for a burrito. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I enjoyed it. Like he knows what you need. Yeah. So what would you say the lesson would be? Lesson would be like if God wants something, it's gonna happen, and if He doesn't want something, it's not gonna happen. Wow. So you have to trust in that and and be patient, and He's gonna provide. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you know it's funny. Like you could say, well, that's just a coincidence or whatever. But if you look at the lives of the saints. Like, money would just come out of nowhere would. W- when they needed it badly. Like, mm-hmm. St. John Bosco ran his oratory for uh, orphans, for orphan boys and later girls. And uh, he was always behind on his payments. They never had food. It's like, oh, John Bosco, where are we going to find bread to feed all these boys? You know, you know, we have nothing to eat for tomorrow. And he would just be so calm. Be like, ah, oh, the Lord will provide. I said a prayer to St. Joseph or, like, <laughs> whatever he said. Right. And then that night, I think this actually happened one time. It was a situation similar to that, and then he got a knock on the door that night, and it was a baker who formerly didn't even like him, and the baker had some kind of conversion or something and was like, I have like a 100 rolls that I don't need, and here you just have them all, you know, that I didn't use today, stuff like that. It would happen all the time. I remember one time they were behind on payments, and John Bosco went in his desk and opened up his desk and just found the money in the desk. Really? Exactly, almost down to the dollar that he needed. That's really cool. To make the payment for like the house or whatever. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it, it does. It sound, it seems counterintuitive, but the Lord's, when's the Lord ever really been totally logical? You know Never. I mean? Believing the Lord's very logical, but how he operates, as, as we said, he loves surprising us. He loves keeping us humble. So that's a wonderful, wonderful story. Yep. So Dan, I remember when we lived together, there was this day you're about to take a nap or something. And then I think this story involved this dude named Glenn Meyer. <laughs> and that's just a, that's an awesome story. You got to tell that one. Yeah. So that was uh, an interesting story. It happened to me a few years ago. There's no explanation for it at all. So the people listening are just going to have to take my word on it. 
So again, when me and you were living in that apartment together, um, I was going through a time of questioning with the Lord, not like doubting or anything, just like kind of pondering different questions. And one of them was like the overlap between world religions. Because I've always kind of wondered like, why doesn't God like, you know, why doesn't Jesus just show himself more directly to everybody? And then I, I kind of have my answers for that, like why he wouldn't just like reveal himself directly to everyone who's not a Christian, you know, et cetera. Uh, but I actually like really meant it. I, I knelt down on the ground one day uh, while no one was there uh, on the hardwood floor, and I got an image of Christ the teacher that was like on our little uh, little coffee, coffee table, table thing. Yeah, and I knelt down, and um, I said one of the most heartfelt prayers, again, kind of like the uh, Batania story with Our Lady. I said a really heartfelt prayer. I uh, said, Lord, I trust you. I know like every like the way you work is perfect, and so I, I'm not doubting or questioning anything you're doing, but if you could, please let me know, like, what to think of other religions are they all completely false should i disregard all of them or like are they all like there's like a lot of shades of truth in them you know how how should i like approach this how should i think about other religions and talk to people of other religions while respecting them and still holding to your truth and i really meant it like i said i was i was on my knees praying this prayer like from my heart for like maybe know, five to ten minutes so the rest of the day goes by and i'm uh, on youtube like watching youtube on tv probably like 11 o'clock at night that night. And I found myself uh, nodding off. As I'm nodding off, I, um, I'm i in that state where like I'm not falling, I'm not asleep yet, but I'm starting to drift and I'm not fully there. I'm not conscious. And I uh, didn't even realize I was falling asleep. But as I was drifting, I suddenly became like half aware that I was hearing a voice, like a conversation. It almost sounded like two people talking, like in the back of my head. I was like, what the heck? And the only thing I caught before I startled and woke myself awake was a voice say twice the words, Glenn Meyer, Glenn Meyer. And it wasn't scary. It wasn't creepy. It wasn't an audible voice. It was like literally like, you know, when you're starting to dream and like your dreams start as you're drifting, but then like you're not fully asleep yet. It was something like that. Mm -hmm. But I heard Glenn Meyer, Glenn Meyer. And I was like, what was that? So uh, something told me like, like very strongly, look it up. I was already on YouTube, you know, so I grabbed the TV remote and typed in Glenn Meyer, uh, G-L-E-N-N, two N's, and then like Meyer can be spelled in different mm -hmm. ways, just like Glenn can be spelled with one or two N's. Somehow I just, I knew to type in two N's, and I typed in uh, Meyer, M-E-Y-E-R, as opposed to like no first E or whatever, uh -huh. and not Meyers. So it's really yeah. weird. It's like, what a random odd name. I type it in. The first video that comes up, and this was interesting because I later found out there's a more popular Glenn Myers and the one I'm about to mention who's like a musician like a drummer or something like that jazz player the first video that comes up is a Christian evangelist guy who I got his permission to <laughs> share the story named Glenn Meyer about our age and he's being interviewed by a very nice Muslim kid guy I should say probably in his 20s about the similarities between Islam and Christianity like not that I'm saying everything about Islam is completely true or good of course you know we are very dedicated to the Christian faith, more specifically. We are completely, uh, you know, orthodox in our Catholic beliefs, not like capital O orthodox, but just solidly Catholic here, obviously. So not that I'm like, you know, going off on that, but I'm just saying it was a discussional video about the similarities between Islam and Christianity. And this guy's interviewing this guy, this Christian guy named Glenn Meyer, and all about... Um, the questions about traditional morality and Glenn Meyer and, and he, he are just discussing all these things that are overlapped. Like all the things that both Muslims and Christians both agree on are just seriously right and true and good. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, like in fact, the exact questions that I had, some of the questions I was pondering that day were answered in this random video. How long before this was the prayer that you said? When I was on my knees earlier in the yeah. day. Probably oh, that was five, the same day. Probably five, yeah, it was earlier that day. Okay. Probably five to 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then I forgot that I said the prayer, but I was on my knees like praying from my heart. Like, right. you know? So uh, this video answers like half the questions that I had. I'm like, what the heck? So I look up Glenn Meyer, more videos of this guy. He's from Singapore, uh, came to the United States as a kid. Uh, he had a mystical experience where his heart was read just like us when he was around our age. So he had his heart read by someone with charismatic gifts just like we did. Uh, around our age and uh, had a big conversion and is now a Christian evangelist and does all kinds of things. Absolutely amazing that I got that. I heard those words, Glenn Meyer. I showed his testimony video to my students later on. They were very impressed by it. I actually reached out to him, told him the story. He, to his credit, fully believed me because he's had things like that happen himself. Uh, and me and him are friends now. We talk all the time. Right. And we talk about all kinds of things. And we might have him on the podcast one time soon. Um, but that's just amazing. Like I heard a voice and it ended up being the answer to my questions. One last crazy thing, that first video that popped up, I searched his name again on YouTube, same TV. And then I searched on my phone. That video was nowhere near the top. It was probably 30 or 40 videos. Back. Oh, wow. But and that... all of the more popular other Glenn Meyer, jazz musician or drummer right. videos came up before that. So that was odd too. Wow. So you would have only seen the jazz music if it didn't come up first. Yeah. I would have only seen yeah. the jazz music. Yep. But like little miracles do happen. Um, th these things absolutely happen. And when they happen, they're always for good reasons. You know, they're always to help us grow spiritually. You know, we were um, really privileged to be able to experience the gift of having our hearts read by a very holy woman. You know, uh, in my life, multiple times, she knew things that there's no way she could have known. No chance she could have known. I was just showing um, a scene, again, from The Chosen. Again, not sponsored. I've brought it up so many times <laughs> the last two podcasts. But Jesus uh, reading the heart of the woman at the well from the Gospel of John. And how touched she is at his, not only his mercy after having five husbands, but the fact that he knew everything she did. And the gospels say she ran back into town and told everyone and said, come see the man who told me everything I ever did. We experience that. This stuff is real. The Lord loves us. He's interested in our spiritual growth. He's interested in us finding him and believing in him. And we shouldn't need miracles. Like we technically shouldn't need them, but... He's willing to give them to us as little helps for our faith along the way. We have that reel yeah. on YouTube about the Shroud of Turin. And like <laughs> today, I looked at the comments and I hope the person that uh, left this comment is listening. I mean, like, there's nothing against you. Like, you're clearly searching, dude, but it just said nonsense. <laughs> yeah. That's all it said. Thanks, man. But like, okay, but <laughs> like, that you're, dis part? you're yeah. disagreeing with like so many scientific studies. Like, what yeah. are you going to say to that? Right. You know, like, it's there's so many miraculous, unexplainable things with the Shroud of Turin. It's like, Sure, the church hasn't officially said it's Jesus' burial cloth, but like to just say nonsense, like you make a lot less sense than the scientists that are talking about this. <laughs> you know. Speaking of comments, one guy called me hoss once, and I think it's like a cowboy term. Is it? I hope it's not like a bad offensive term. I hope but... if it is a bad word, sorry, Anthony yeah. didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> Maybe um, we should look it up after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, we've shared a lot of these stories in, in our talks, and you share some of these stories like like this on your your conversion talk for our confirmation retreats. Um, there's been plenty of other stories we've had in our lives. Maybe you, the listener, maybe you've had things happen to you too. You know, um, I think there was a study, Bishop Barron said it in one of his Catholicism series episodes. He said some kind of study came out in which a very prominent um, sociologist or something said that something like 80% of Americans have said they've had at least one 
weird, cool spiritual experience that you can't explain. Supernatural experience, you know? And the title of the article was that, like, America is uh, apparently a nation of mystics. That's not that far-fetched, though, because, like, I can I can count probably eight or nine more stories, like the ones we've told about things I can't explain, where, like, the only explanation is divine intervention to help us out. Right. You know, so you, the listener, maybe you've had something cool happen to you. Maybe when you were a kid, you can't explain. I have my students say things like this to me all the time. Chances are you're not imagining things. Yeah. If 80% of people in America have had a similar experience, chances are the divine is reaching out to you. The Lord's trying to help you out in your spiritual journey. So, like, don't waste those experiences. Revisit them in your memory when you feel spiritually dry right. to get, like, a nice little jolt and remember how much the Lord loves you, knows you, and cares about you. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I just remembered a really small, quick one that happened to me. Uh, there was one day I was leaving my house to go somewhere, and I wanted to go check the mail. And at the... The, my, the house that I grew up in, the driveway was long. Like, it was the longest driveway in the development. It was, like, a lot of steps to get to the mailbox. And it was nowhere near where I would park my car. So I'm out near the, near the mailbox, a few steps away from it. I look down, I see something shiny, and I thought maybe, like, it was a quarter or a dime or something. I look down to pick it up, and it's, like, a brand-new, fresh, miraculous metal. Wow. Like, shiny. Like, like never-been-touched miraculous metal. Picked it up, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Because whenever you see a miraculous metal, I feel like ninety percent of the time they're all like dingy and like like rusty. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're always like tarnished. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I saw it, and and actually, Dan, you were the first person I texted, and I said, "Did you like chuck a miraculous metal at my house or something?" And you and you were like, "Absolutely not, no." Like so not because I thought maybe like you put it there, right? And it just and it was at the, around the same time as my conversion. Wow. So I think it's just a, it was like a little sign from God. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Little things like that they mm-hmm. happen and. You can chalk things up to coincidence because, you know, you got to be careful. Like, if you go around thinking that every little thing is a sign from God, yeah, then you're getting almost superstitious, and God doesn't do that to you. Like, God mm-hmm. knows you're human. God knows that, like, our psyche, we can't handle him giving us signs every minute of every day. So, like, be careful. But at the same time, knowing that God is real, knowing all the things you know about our faith, of course he's able to give you signs, and of course he will at the right time. Yeah. So also don't discount it. Pray about it. And I would say if it's something good, that doesn't go against church teaching, that's something you need in your life that gives you peace and hope and comfort and joy and brings you closer to God or teaches you something about God, yeah, really good chance that was an actual uh, intentional sign from the Lord. Yeah. So let's roll with them. Yeah, and so I don't know if you have any other stories, Dan, but I was thinking, like, I have more, but maybe we should save them. So I was thinking, like, uh, I haven't given, like, a a real Easter egg in a while, so if you've listened this far, I'm going to give you a real Easter egg. Go to our YouTube, or go, we're going to make an Instagram post about this, I'm sure. Just say, like, I want part two. That's all you got to say, like, I want part I two. I want part two. And then we'll do another one of these. If we don't get too many of those, we won't. Yeah. But I definitely have more stories to tell. And as as we always say, if you do comment and we see that we'll, I want part two, we will pray for you. That's right. We do. Yep. We mm-hmm. absolutely do. And um, and we can all benefit from prayers, right? Yeah. And we can benefit from your prayers. As we always say, and you mentioned this last podcast, and I'm glad you did. Um, we need help with our ministry. Like mm-hmm. we need we need our listeners to share these things in order for us to keep doing what we do. So right. so please pray for us and please continue to share this. Tell your friends about this podcast. If you think you're getting something out of it, if you find it interesting, share it on Facebook, you know, or Instagram, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And we're bigger than we've ever been, but like we want to grow more, not just for ourselves, but because we believe that like we, we have these things that we can share that can help people mm-hmm. and we want to help them. We want to spread the gospel one soul at a time. But we need your help to do that. So exactly. Share it, send it with your friends, post it on your story, do whatever you can. We can use all the help we can get. Yep. All right. So uh, I guess we just got stuff in the world, right? I mean, not stuff uh, in the world. The uh, Saint, the devotional cup. Devotional cup. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We don't have to take a break, though. Let's just go into it. Going right into yeah. it? All right. Go ahead. Shake all right, the so cup. I'm going to shake it now. 
And I'm about to pick it. It is holy water. Holy water. I was very expecting a person. Yeah, very interesting. Holy water. Okay. Well, <laughs> so what what what's the whole deal with holy water? Holy water is it's water that's holy. It's you, you touch <laughs> it before you genuflect at mass, and you can use it if you're tempted to sin. You know, just grab some, and that mm-hmm. takes away the temptation. I tell my students this. A lot of students don't know this. A lot of people don't know it. But um, the way holy water actually works, well, number one, it's a reminder of our baptism. Every time you bless yourself with holy water, you're, like, reminding yourself that, like, you know, that same water you've been cleansed with at your baptism and you belong to Jesus. So it's a reminder of baptism. But the secondary way that holy water works, and this is really cool, is that the prayer of the priest, when he blesses that holy water, it sticks anywhere you put the holy water. So that's why the church recommends that you get your house blessed because that prayer of the priest is now sticking to the, the walls of your house after right. you throw holy water in your house uh, and sticking to you. Mm-hmm. So that's why blessing yourself with holy water is such a great protection from the devil. And again, you can be skeptical about these things, but obviously if you're listening to like this Catholic podcast, I'm sure, you're, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure your faith is a lot stronger. And this actually does make logical sense. Like If God's willing to give us these cool signs and able to give the cool signs and the stories that we've just talked about, you think he's not able to... like give graces to um, people, to, to, to priests especially, to bless holy water and let that prayer stick. And of course he can, you know? Yeah. That, that same uh, John Bosco I talked about earlier, St. John Bosco, multiple stories, if you read about his life, where he would take holy water and if he felt the presence of evil, he'd bless a house or throw it in a certain direction and the presence of evil would, would go away very quickly. Right. So it has a real power to it. That's awesome. I always like when the priest walks down the aisle at mass and kind of sprinkles it around and like chucks it at people with yeah. the with that wand. I get so offended if it misses me. Me too. I feel so but, deprived of graces. But I also at the same time get scared when it hits me because I, I don't know when it, if it's actually going to land and all of a sudden it just like hits you in the face. <laughs> it's the Lord slapping you, slapping the devil out of you. Right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, holy water. Great devotion. Um Maybe one of our listeners has had a cool experience of their own that has to do with holy water. Could be. And maybe this is your little sign from the Lord that, hey, like, that yeah. was a real experience you had. That's right. Mm-hmm. So cool. that's, the, that's the thought that I have on it. Mm-hmm. You All got right. anything else? No, I want to close with a prayer. Yep. All right, cool. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Dear Lord, thank you for all these stories that we've encountered, and not just for us, but uh, for the listeners, too. And Lord, uh, we just inspire, we ask that you inspire the listeners that if they've experienced the story, that they share it with people they know, too at the right time, at a prudent time, uh, that and that they will know when it is okay to do that and that the other person that they tell will benefit from it as well. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. God bless.